Eric Sunspin, professional ultra runner here. As some of you might know, I'm sponsored by Rabbit, a super rad men's and women's performance running apparel brand from California that was founded by two female runners. All the stuff is so damn soft, versatile, and comfortable, and at the same time, technical and functional. My favorite things to wear are the FKT shorts, because I can load everything into the four pockets along the waistband. I also love the Easy Tee, which actually comes in both a short and long sleeve. For my cold weather needs, I always throw on the Letter Zip hoodie, because it's the best running jacket I've ever run it. They're letting me give all you listeners 20% off your first purchase. Go over to runinrabbit.com and use the discount code FKT at checkout. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast for, for 30 minutes every Friday. Well, actually, this week it might go longer than 30 minutes because we have a special year-end podcast on the Fastest Known Time of the Year Award. This is our fourth year for the FKT of the Year and to discuss what's new and cool or boring or stupid or maybe just amazing. We have two esteemed gentlemen. We have Mr. Andrew Skirka, possibly the only known professional hiker in the world, who also is an outstanding ultra runner. He did terrific at Ultra Tour du Mont Blanc and many other races. And he's done his amazing FKTs from the Alaska Yukon Expedition to the Great Western Loop and many others in between. So welcome, Andrew. Thank you. Glad to be here. And I should note, I am going to note, that a lot of people ask about backpacking, hiking, and through hiking, and so forth. And if you want to know how to do it, go to andrewskirka.com. That's the ticket. People ask me this all the time. They ask me for tips, techniques, what gear to use. And I'm just going to put the plug in. Uh, andrewskirka.com lists everything, these immaculate gear lists, food lists for different seasons. So consider doing that. Our other guest, you've heard of before, co-founder of FastestKnownTime.com, Peter Backwin. I could go through a long bio for Peter, but we don't really have to do that because besides that Peter hates long bios, we're here to talk about other people this week. So thanks for being here, Peter. Good to be with you guys. So and, uh, that thing about Andrew's website, it's amazing. I use it all the time. So And um, he's got all these super cool... Um, uh, you know, root uh, descriptions and maps and everything. It's just the, the amount of content on there that you can get for free or almost nothing is incredible. Right. It's actually kind I'm of so weird. I'm flattered by you guys. Well, I but mean, let's, it's, let's, it's, it's, let's move into FKT. <laughs> that's how it goes. People hate talking about themselves. But the reason I said that, the reason you said that is because people don't realize that it's a good free site for, you know, figuring out how to do this stuff. Yep. Okay. So let's start with Andrew. What moved you or what didn't move you? What's what's on your list? And you, you've you seen it. You, you're one of the voters, so you saw the mm-hmm. nominations list. Yep. Yeah, I think the, one, the ones that always appeal to me are the ones that combine um, some, um, that combine like a, obviously the, like the physical aspect of a traditional FKT, but add, but add some like a very adventurous element to it. So the, like the standout, trip for me was um it was the speed record on the winter high route which is a which is a remarkable like 100 mile off tra- predominantly off-trail route through the winds um it uh i think it has about thirty thousand vertical feet of gain over 100 miles and but that, that's tough gain and it's yeah and it's two-thirds off trail and it only drops once it gets started it only drops below ten thousand feet once and i so I, when i saw that on the list you know doing that in what was it 51 hours 
Um, 51 hours and change. And yeah, it's it just a sort of remarkable, um, a remarkable like athletic accomplishment, but still had that like very like adventurous spirit. Um, so that's this, definitely the sort of trip that gets me interested. It got, got your attention. Well, I might note that that was done by David Ayala. Ayala, actually, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. But uh, the Wind River High Route is something that was first attempted in its entirety by the three of us. <laughs> so this is this is something. Yeah. Oh, okay. It yeah. First completed that I think, one. by Andrew. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we got pretty yeah. close, and uh, you asked me if we needed to bring microspikes. I said, nah, and it turned out we did. Oh, and, and ice axes. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, you and I worked at right where we're recording this podcast, this very table uh, right. with that cat in the background. We yeah. had the map spread out over the entire table, yeah. and we worked out that route. It's a fantastic route. Yeah. It's actually, it's kind of amazing to, like, to think about like the... Um, the like the trend in high routes like to think that so that was what probably like four or five years ago mm-hmm. that we're sitting at this table like plotting that thing out um and then they've become like some of them become like enough of a trade route that people are like going out and like trying to do it in two days mm-hmm. i mean as, as opposed to doing it at all at all right, <laughs> right. I mean, like when we went out and like you know, when we went out and did it, like there were a lot of like big question marks about what we were going to encounter, and uh, you know, all I think all the whole route had been done before, and you know, I think between the three of us, we done had done most of it too before. But there are a few question marks where we're like, hmm, what exactly are we going to find there? And especially at, like I think we were there what like early June or mid or I'm sorry, no, it was middle of July. Middle of July, July. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are some question marks about what we would encounter, and um, and you know. There are there aren't those question marks anymore about. Well, that's because of you. Yeah. That's because of your <laughs> yeah, Andrew Skirka dot Something to I mean, do with that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. you just put these yeah. exhaustive descriptions on it, these GPX yeah. files. These maps. I don't put GPX files up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Map and compass. <laughs> Map and compass. Well, I mean, guy. you could you could make a GPX track if you wanted to, but I just I I you know I think on a route like that. Um, it's irresponsible to put up a GPX track because like some Yahoo sort of, just sort of invites it. people who don't yeah. who don't know how to navigate to to mm. undertake something like that. Right. Yeah. Good point. Well, Peter, what did you see in 2019? Well, I, just to comment on on David's Wind River High Route, which I think we're all really enthusiastic about because it touches home for us and it's just a super fantastic one of the best routes anywhere. Um, you know, I was very impressed with that too, and I don't expect it to do terribly well among the voters, just because um, you kind of really have to have been there to know what it means. Interesting point. Yeah. Interesting point. So, just to clarify, the voters uh, I created a list of thirty-six people of hopefully all ages, genders, and geography. You know, people from the east, old people, young people, female, male. Uh, Twenty-four people voted this year. I don't prod people to vote. I figure if they're not interested, then I don't care about their vote. But as Peter said, that's an interesting point. You have to understand some of these routes. And so what happens is some of the higher vote totals can be of well-known routes Mm -hmm. simply because they, they identify with it. Like somebody might look at the Wind River High Route and say, "Oh, well, it's the same distance, pretty much as Nolan, <laughs> right?" And yeah. you know, what, yeah. how could it be much? You know, yeah. the, what's the record on Nolan's forty 
eight hours or something. Right. And this is slower, so. Right. Um, but this is. If you just look hard. at the stats, it's harder. deceptive. So, yeah. Buzz, tell us a little bit more. So you, so I think, you, like the numbers I remember seeing, you had you, you guys reported like over six hundred FKTs this year. You're right. As a matter of fact, I originally wrote for North America. For North, oh, America. Just for North America. Okay. There's an article right now on the website, okay. so people can go to that article, and then that article it gives the entire nominations list. Okay. So everyone listening to this can see who they would have voted for. All 39 people, 19 female and 20 male, who were nominated are on that article. And in that article, I said there were 641 FKTs submitted in North America. But that was like two weeks before the New Year closed, so it's actually 661 FKTs in North America. It's quite a thing it's become. <laughs> That's amazing. So then how it, so who whittles it down to... 40 or so that would be mainly me so um largely the answer to buzz's question is what what caught my attention is this list because i mostly go through those 600 and and whatever captures my imagination gets on this list other people can like what's uh what are the big things that jump out well i would because it's a pretty good range of like Mm -hmm. you know it's it's east coast it's west coast it's off trail, on trail. Yep. It's peak bagging. It's trade routes. It's it's you know the longest thing on here is um, the Arizona Trail, probably. Okay. Yep. So, which mm-hmm. um, you know down to like something that's a couple hours. Yep. So what like are you trying to like curate a, like a a list that's sort of representative of the FKTs as a whole, or or are you looking for mm-hmm. particular things? Yeah, it's a really good question. Sometimes it's just sort of wow, that was neat. Um, if somebody does something new that's really cool and hard, uh, that will catch my attention. Or like the Wind River High Route, I kind of have some sense what that means. Um, but then there's, if somebody does the Arizona Trail way faster than the last guy, you know, that's an established route, which has a, long, a fairly long history of FKTs. So if somebody really moves the bar on something like that, um, that'll make the uh, nominees and then you know other people can also so we put the the list out and kind of ask around we put the list out to the voters actually before it becomes public and they can say hey what about this which which does happen and did actually happen this year so yes we had a late edition this year okay but that's a really good question and so again people listening to this should go on the website and look at the nominations list and they are quite representational like you say, it's non-technical, fast stuff. It's right. long stuff. It's very technical. So, Peter and Buzz, since you guys look at, at like all of these that are coming in, or most of them, like, do you see other trends that you're seeing in FKTs? Like, are you seeing like shorter, longer, harder? Like, what's the? <laughs> well, every once in a while, something catches on. Peter, you and I know what route that is. That. For some unknown reason, maybe other people think it's totally obvious, but for us it's a little odd. One particular route is caught on. I think you're talking about the Rainier Infinity Loop, which is something that um, Chad Kellogg dreamed up a long time ago, and then nobody did it for a long time until just a couple of three years ago. It was finally completed, completed. And so I should explain what it is. 
Um, so there's this lovely trail that goes around Mount Rainier for 93 miles called the Wonderland Trail. So you start at the trailhead, you go up over to the top of Rainier and down the other side, and then you run back on the Wonderland Trail, doing half of the Wonderland Trail. And then you go over the top of Rainier again, down the other side, and run back the other direction on the Wonderland Trail. So it's like a figure eight infinity symbol. Okay. And I think names are key. <laughs> yeah. well, Don't you? I mean, I mean the route, the route's cool. You have to have a good route. But the name of the route... The name makes you go, huh, what is that? Yeah. Right. That sounds cool. Right. Right. Yeah. And I you mean, are one for names. I am one for names. Yeah. But I think Chad probably called it. Rainier. Oh, Chad definitely named yeah. it. And it wasn't done until 2016. Mm-hmm. And, then, and now it's just picked up. Now there's multiple FK attempts on it each year. Mm-hmm. Are there any other infinity loop type of? I think FK? somebody did hood. At, hood. What well, no. I mean? No, Adams. I mean ones that are similar, but other oh. routes where you're other routes that just seem to just get lots of FKT attention. Um, you mean like just all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I think one that is on our list this year that hasn't got a lot of FKT attention, but will is Norman's 13. So we just talked about Nolan's. Nolan's is something a lot of people probably know. Norman's is very cool. So Nolan's is in the Colorado Rockies. You climb 14 14ers, um, all strung together. So a couple of years ago, somebody came up with this thing called Norman's 13. So it's climbing 13 14ers in the Sierra Nevada. And it's Norman after Norman Clyde. Norman Clyde. So that was first finished this year by Ryan Tetz, and it's on our list. And very impressive time, actually, and and much much harder than Nolan's. Um, but I. You mean there aren't like Jeep roads? Well, there's fifth class <laughs> after climbing. every after yeah. every peak, and <laughs> and they're basically just high rock piles. Yeah, yeah there's there's serious. Climbing on this well, just, just to clarify, so that the Nolan's challenge is 60 hours. That was the whole game. Yeah. It had to be done with it. What, how many 14ers can you do within 60 hours was the Nolan's challenge, named after Fred Nolan. Now, Norman's is cooler because it's named after Norman Clyde, a major Sierra Nevada climbing pioneer. And it's the same thing. How many California 14ers can you do within 60 hours? And you can't do 14, but you can do 13. Then, as Peter and you noted, they're harder. There's, yeah. this, there's, there's some fifth class there. So, so the one that you can't do is Shasta. Right. Y- it's way, yeah, way. Shasta and White, White Mountain? White Mountain well, there's, is there's right, 15 right, total. That, so okay, that would make sense too. Right, because White Mountain is way to the east yeah. of the Sierra. So these are all linked together without any yep. vehicle shuttle in between anywhere and stuff like that. So I think Peter just said, we'd like to see more activity on Norman's 13 next year. Rainier Infinity Loop seen quite a bit. And here's some interesting stats. So for the first three years, uh, the John Muir Trail, Nolan's 14, and the Rim to Rim to Rim in the Grand Canyon all had four FKTs in our nominations list, and the Appalachian Trail had three. In 2019, none of those four routes had any. Hmm. So there's a sea change taking place. Uh, different things are happening. People are doing different routes. And it could just be because 
uh, you know, Walmsley's rim to rim, and uh, it's just too fast. <laughs> That's I mean, hard. People are going, forget it. <laughs> Who's going to go get that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... And Francois Dion and Darcy's JMT, right, yeah. eh, forget it. Yeah. Never even, mind. Even the unsupported JMT has become super, super duper fast. Right. And yeah. of course, uh, Carol Sabe on the Appalachian Trail. Right. Eh, no, forget it. Well, the, the other mm-hmm. thing too about like the Appalachian Trail or any of those, any of the long ones. I mean, where you're looking at, I mean, what's the forty plus days? Yeah. Right. Yeah, forty one and the eighteen. I mean, the number of people who are interested <laughs> in doing that is just right. It's just limited. You're right. Either in your twenties or your sixties. <laughs> and if you're in your sixties, you're not going to get that. Speed, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's either pre-career or post-careers for the the big. Well, pardon me if I'm generalizing, but opinions are okay. Yeah. If, so okay, so you get 600 FKTs for the year, and but you but you end up with nominating 40. So that leaves mm-hmm. 600 that you didn't nominate. So what do those tend to look like? Are those more like local? Are they a lot of like first known times? Are they mm-hmm. just you know, shorter efforts don't like. What's the yeah? What's the you, typical nature of those. That's you've um, outlined a lot of them. Okay, for sure they would be, and you know, a lot of FKT activity is just that. You know, somebody finds a cool trail or route in their hood, and they go do it. That's just classic FKT stuff. Right. So either it doesn't seem that fast because it's on a trail, and it's you know how fast people can run trails. Or, um, yeah, we don't know because only one person did it. So, um, and there's failures. Yep. I mean, people go for the AZT all the time, actually, mm-hmm. and they come up short. They don't yep. make it. Do you hear about those? Yep, usually. Okay. Uh, especially if it's a long, you know, people tend to, um, we, and we encourage people to announce in advance when they're doing long things like the Arizona Trail, let's say. And then they'll give their tracker link, and we'll be following along. And then, you know, if people fail, we'll, we'll know about it. Okay. And actually, personally, I'd like, it would be great if we could have a, a better way of reporting failures, because I think a lot of it, we can all learn so much from other people's failures, and as we do from our own. Right. So we don't have a great way of doing that, but we do encourage people to post, you know, like in the comments section of a route. Page or whatnot. Failures are a big deal, right? Yeah, I I've learned a lot from my failed root attempts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually it's the first one that's the hardest. I like I that was actually one of the more impressive. Like I, anyone who like on sites these things, like especially the more adventurous ones. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it's like it's like on siting like a, a hard root uh, like rock climb. Right? Yeah, it's like you. It's another level of um, the navigation is yeah. much harder. Right. The logistics are harder. You're not sure what gear to take. Exactly. You're not sure what right. technical yeah. difficulties you might yeah. encounter. Yeah. Well, and as we, and you know, it's before we started, I was reading the Jeff reading the uh, Wind River High Route uh, FKT uh, report, and yeah, it took a th- took a wrong turn somewhere. I haven't made it to that part of the report in like three miles in the wrong direction. So yeah. That's discouraging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and what something that stood out for me is just the guys and gals are just going for it now. And what I really like is that I've never heard of them, literally. Mm-hmm. I don't know who That's these true. people are. I've never right. heard of these people. Yep. And indeed, when I uh, consult the list, 
I'm going back again the previous three years, and Joe Grant and Jim Walmsley both had three on the nominations list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Hamilton's the only person who'd run twice, but Ryan Gelfie, Nick Eldson, uh, Tim Frericks, they all had been on nominated twice. Mm-hmm. And of those uh, six people, six men I just mentioned, none of them were nominated this year. So it's turned over. Yeah. It's a new crop of people, mm-hmm. and this is sort of this is sort of exciting. So now you see people like uh, well Ryan Atkins. He's now been nominated three times back east, mm-hmm. an Adirondack specialist. And then we have uh, Jason Hardrath, and he's his, been on a tear. He's as someone said. I think Craig said, "Can I have some of your stoke, Jason?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he did the Rainier Infinity Loop solo, mm-hmm. only person to ever done that, like 10 days after the Cascade Trifecta FKT. Mm-hmm. Both of which are on the nomination list. Yeah, both of and which. And then uh, just got email from him today that he, speaking of failures, that he failed to do the off-trail um, Death Valley Traverse. It's like but that's that's north to south, mm-hmm. not east to west. Right. East to west is semi-reasonable. But north to south, Death Valley, is, it's not really reasonable at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he found. <laughs> That's what he reported. Well, he, he, he reported that it was brutal and terrible and awful and that he will definitely go back and do it again. <laughs> Try it again. Right, exactly. Uh, he, his quote was, I got my ass kicked in so many ways. First sentence, last sentence is, P.S., yes, I will do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the stoke. <laughs> That's Stoke. That's the Stoke factor. Well, what else? How about on the female side of this? What uh, what do we say? One thing we caught from our podcast with Peter two podcasts ago, one of the trends is that the ladies are getting out more solo. You know, for the first couple of years, I mean, the, the talent has been there all along. That was never in question. Super fast, super strong. But the sometimes did the technical routes with maybe their boyfriends or a male partner, often did routes with another female, but now more and more the ladies are going solo, sometimes unsupported, and that that's definitely a trend. Yep, yep. I liked seeing that. Um in you know, for myself I was really impressed with um the uh California fourteeners, um Renee Jacobs doing all the 14ers in California by herself. She had support between the trailheads, but um, she did all the climbs, I think except for Shasta herself. And she just had company on Shasta just because her, I think her partner just wanted to do the peak and hadn't done it. So, um, but, you know, she did the, the difficult uh, Palisades Traverse on her own. And so I really liked seeing that. Palisades Traverse is non-trivial. Yeah. Yeah, you. Um, the standard thing is that the the summit block of one of those peaks is a uh, is hard it's, thunderbolt. Yeah, I think it's like five nine or something. And the standard thing is people uh, kind of lasso it with a rope, and then you know crank themselves up on the rope. So she, you know she's out there with a rope trying to lasso the summit of this thing. Right, right. Well, Andrew, on the female side, what moved or didn't move you? Well, the two longest on the list are. Um, the Arizona Trail at 17 days, which is uh, Helen Helen uh, Galerkis. And then uh, we have at 
think it's eight days, uh, Arlette Land did the uh, New Hampshire 4,000-footers. Um, as a through-hike. so Yeah, both as through-hikes. And, uh, you know, as a former through-hiker, they... that. You Are know, you that, a former through hiker now? Yeah, I'm a former through hiker. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> um, now he's married and has a cat. Yeah, and has a, and own a home and have a guiding business and uh, and a cat and a cat. It's the cat. It's the cat keeps us keeps me home. Right. Um, so anyway, so you know, 17 days is just such a long time to be out there. Like a lot. Like I don't know. I don't know how many hours a day, but probably you know. 16 to 18 hours a day, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe 18 to 20 hours a day for yeah. 17 days. That is just a long time to be pushing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, opportunities for injury come up. They're like, it's, you know, it's a uh, supported effort. So there are logistical snafus that could happen. Um, those, those are always impressive. The, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure I totally understand the unsupported New Hampshire 4,000 footers. Right. Just because it seems like you would have to be on a lot of roadways to, to make that happen. And like, and I get the doing something unsupported, but I don't get doing something that is more difficult than it has to be. Right. That's an interesting distinction, isn't it? Yeah. In other words, unsupported is a pure style. It's a classic style. Right. But if you're crossing roads, then... You're kind of or, making it hard. Yeah, or walking along roads, or yeah, I, I yeah. I don't know what the route yeah. is, but if you, um, you know, if you walk next to it, past a store, you might as well go in and buy <laughs> yeah, some food. <laughs> I just can't imagine like walking past like some like, you know, rural New Hampshire like dairy farm ice cream and like not stopping because I'm on a supported, unsupported or unsupported yeah. four thousand foot yeah trip. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't do that myself. Yeah. But uh, that's just me. I'm the old guy around yeah. here. Actually, what I'm reminded about is because Dimitri Kupinas doing. Oh, oh. so the, oh, now <laughs> it goes go Now the, the other podcast just got a lot longer. The, the founder of Golight <laughs> back in 2000, let's see, it was 2003. Um, uh, Coop, Kim, and I, Kim's Coop's wife, went down to Durango. Coop was going to try to do the. The Colorado Trail, unsupported, starting in Durango. Now, this this listeners should know that unsupported means he's carrying all the food on his back, start to finish, and this includes crossing I seventy part of the time. You know, it's uh, the Colorado Trail doesn't cross I seventy, but you do have to like walk right through like twin. Yeah, right underneath that uh, copper goes right under. Oh, that's true. Right, actually, right, right. It drops right to copper. Right. So, like in copper, like this is classic. So, Coop would have been. You know, he would have been probably like, I think he's trying to do it in 15 days. So he probably would have been like 12 days into this trip. He would have been like hungry, solidly hungry for at least a week. And I know that you can walk right into the base of Copper Mountain yeah. and buy like a cheeseburger and brownies and right. coffee. Yeah. And you walk right through Breckenridge. Yeah. yeah. But he did it. A, bit, a couple yeah. of years later, yeah. Yeah, boy, that was like at the very beginning. I and mean, that was like, I mean, I remember at the time... It was an outlandish idea. Interesting. Outlandish. Well, it took, yeah. I think it took him 19 days, if I remember right. Maybe it was 16, yeah. but um, that's a lot of food to carry. Now, the unsupported speed record on the Colorado Trail is, I think, around nine days, yeah. which is still a lot, but then it starts to make sense to save time by not, right. you know, nine days of food. Time. I mean, nine days of food sounds like, a, like, feels like a lot to a lot of people, but... Um, 
It's actually not that much. I mean, that's it's twenty pounds. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if you're if you're accustomed to wilderness travel, nine mm-hmm. days of food is like I put. I used to like as a through hiker. I was always like nine days of food. No way. No, Absolutely. no. Through no hike, way. Through hikers don't do <laughs> no. that. Like four or five days max. Right. But you know now, like you know, I put nine days of food on my on my back, and I'm like, sweet, I'm like, you know, you can go anywhere in nine days. Right, like, a pound yeah. of chocolate and a pound yeah. of everything else per yeah. day. Yeah. Well, coop, of course, this this is a major digression, but it, you know what I'm going to digress sorry. to next in terms of unsupported. <laughs> he did try. Yeah, let's go there. Sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's go All there. Right. I was trying yeah. to resist because that would have been the the FKT of all time. The, yes. Not even right. Just yeah. When he tried the entire Appalachian Trail unsupported, carrying all his own food start to finish on the AT. That's crazy. How well, much hold weight on, did hold he... <laughs> Ready for the punchline? <laughs> Ready for the punchline? How far did he get? <laughs> that, that's that, that, is, that is the important question. How far well, did he I, get, Buzz? Well, you have to remember, I don't think that's the punchline. The, to me, the critical, the most interesting aspect is that. Coop is a math genius, as you know. Yes. He's a, yeah. literally a math genius. Yeah. He can make his living as a mathematician. So he calculated, he extended the equation, Peter. It wasn't just how many calories can you carry on your back. He added that to how many calories could you burn off your yeah, body. Sure, yeah. And so he weighted up. He added weight in advance <laughs> this to burn fat yeah. during the trip. But, of course, that means... You're just in misery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's much more satisfying to eat a pound of chocolate than to, <laughs> than to eat a pound of belly fat. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. one didn't last very long. No, it lasted exactly 30 miles. Yeah. <laughs> Still, Still I, I, that's, walking 30 miles, he must have added like 100 pound fat. It was, it was, it was, yeah. I heard it was 110. I, he, had a, he had a second sleeping bag just to keep, just like, to insulate his food at night because he had had some like some food rotting issues on a trip wow. prior. Yeah. Okay. Well, you better go back yeah. to 2019 here. Yeah, we um, we kind of were all three not super enthusiastic about the through hike of the New Hampshire 4000ers, but to be fair, that's kind of a thing. A lot of people, quite a few people, have gone after that FKT, and it's. Um, it's on both the women's and the men's list, so right. yeah, you know, we don't live there. We don't really know what the scene is, and um, well, that, I was going to actually mention that. So I was thinking about this today. Um, like, you have to remember, like, this is the part of the country where they like, like gritting is a thing. Gritting's right? a thing. Yes. So like, and like, they're where it's like a legitimate project to um, attempt to hike every mile of trail in in the White mm-hmm. Mountains. So yeah, there's a name. There's sort I think of this, that's on our website. Yeah, it's called remember. the Red Line. The Red Line, yeah. Yeah, White Mountains National So there's Forest, sort of this culture of like... Um, well, one way to look at it is if you're in the East, you're probably not going to do something the first time. So you have right. to work it in a different way. Right. It's human nature to extend the boundaries yeah. to see what you right. can do. And out West, you do new routes. Yeah. The Wind River High Route, again, that's very new. Uh, Nate Bender last year won an award for his Montana 12s. Yep. But if you go back east, that's going to be a little tougher yeah. to come up with. So no, instead, no, you, so yeah. instead you go fast. Right. And so the PIMI, of course, the pimi Jawasset mm-hmm. Loop and the Presley, the Presidential Traverse, the Hut to Hut, these are really fast. They throw down. Mm-hmm. 
I, when I look at those records, like the, the um, there's a women's women's record that was uh, Lydia Gill this year at um, four hours fifty eight minutes and the present. I just I don't know how you do that without like falling on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is just that is just like you know five hours of rock hopping. Good 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 point. Yeah. And indeed for the females, there's two. The two I mentioned, the Pemmy and the Prezi, are both been nominated this year. So again, listeners should go to the website and look at the nominations list and see who you might have voted for. Yeah, so those two are probably the most competitive um, one day FKTs in the in New England, I would say, or for trail runs. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the trails are really rough. Yeah. Yeah. And so any any FKT on those is probably going to make the yeah. the nomination list because they're they're no joke. Right. Well, what something we've mentioned on this podcast previously is that out west, certainly in Colorado, the whole Rocky Mountains, and I think also California, all trails were built by stock animals. Hmm. Horses. Horses and mules built all the trails, and they were built for stock animals. So they always had this thing called switchbacks. It's great. The stock animals are most efficient at a particular grade. Out east, nothing was made for stock animals. You just went from the bottom to the top. So the trails are much steeper. It's more than that, though. It's a function of the geology, and it's a function of, um, like, even if you did build switchbacks in the White Mountains, it still would all be rocks. And then there's also a massive erosion issue that they have there. Mm-hmm. So. It tends to rain. Yeah. So the rocks are rounded and slippery. Yeah. The FKT that you mentioned, uh, the New Hampshire 4,000 footers, there's 48 4,000 footers in New Hampshire. And this woman, Arlette Lon, uh, hiked, summited them all in one continuous push, took nine days unsupported. So it's an interesting way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. I think that would be tough if you're in a different state. But New Hampshire, you, you, you can do everything in that state in one push. Yeah. And it probably does give you, like, by staying on foot, it definitely gives you, like, a more consistent sort of coherent perspective of an area. Like, when you're in a car and driving all around, you sort of lose geographic reference. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're on foot, you sort of understand the, the topography a little bit more. That's a good point. And Peter and I have often not been super happy about the Colorado 14ers. The Colorado mm-hmm. 14 has been a very competitive, right. Right. hard sought after uh, event, but it tends to be a logistical mm-hmm. challenge. Yeah. You need the without the crew, it doesn't work because you need someone to drive you to all the trailheads. Yeah. And Arlette didn't have anyone to drive her; right. she just walked to all the trailheads. Mm-hmm. So that's a very good style. Yeah. Well, that's like when uh, so uh, Justin Simone and Jeff and uh, Joe Grant did the Colorado 14ers by bike, mm-hmm. and then uh, it was. Um, I'm trying to remember their names now. It was two guys who did all the Colorado 14ers uh, through hike foot. style. Yeah, yeah. through hike style. Very that, cool. That would it's a t- lot of road walking. But, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and I remember cool. this famous hiker, Andrew Skirger, called that the through hike of the year. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a neat trip. Yeah. Because it, ref- it was a refreshing change from the, the car thing in Colorado. Right. Uh, but I think what tripped us up on the, on the through hike of the of the 4,000 footers is is just the non-resupply question. Because if you're right. walking by a yeah. store, you might as well buy something. Right. But, yeah. Um, well, here's a clarification. I think most people know this, but uh, we don't assign value. This is key point. So fast known time, 
www.ghostbusters.com simply reports everything that takes place. Um, and some people argue about supported, unsupported, self-supported. Mm-hmm. We do not do that. We never do that. Now, when the voters vote, they might do that, which yeah. is perfectly fine. So when the instructions go out to the voters, it says, vote for what moves you, what you thought was had meaning for you. So everyone does their own thing. So it's a community. There's no other instructions given. And certainly, I can just state this, fastestknowntime.com will never assign value to supported versus unsupported, solo versus team, mm-hmm. things like that. We are simply a, a database that is entirely fair and unbiased. And then the voters vote for whoever they, they like. And I should note in the process that it's just a simple numerical game. You know, people say number five, four, three, two, one for male and female. They do 10 votes. Each of those gets a number. I add up the numbers. High votes win. So there's nothing happening on the backside whatsoever. This is very, very important for me who extremely values our site as being unalterably fair and unbiased. So when people cast their votes, it's just a number. It goes in the database. Highest vote wins. End of discussion. So when do we find out who won? Well, that's coming up very soon. We're going to start our countdown. This podcast is being released on uh, January 3rd, Friday as always. And then on January 10th, we're going to do number five, number four, and number three, male and female. So we'll have we'll announce the six people on the podcast January 10th. And hopefully you'll interview some of them. Right. Hopefully I'll interview some of them. They get their comments. They'll get to win. They'll learn that they won that giant prize at mm-hmm. vacation for three to <laughs> Fiji. To wherever they for, happen to live. For three. <laughs> yeah. For three. Right. Their cat, too. Okay. Um, we're, we're, we just pull out the stops in these awards, you know. It's just no well, it's a huge amount of money involved. Big budget that you guys Big have. budget. Yeah. Huge budget. As, or as Peter noted, uh, all, you know, vacation for however many you want to where you already live. And then on January 17th, it's number two and number one for both male and female. Okay. And followed on social media, and there'll be articles on the website, because it's really fun to click through. I mean, you click through this stuff, and it's their stories are amazing. They have photos and trip reports. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah, I, just today I put that trip report up from the Wind River High Route that we've been talking about on the website, and it was uh, it's bad formatting on the website, but people will... It's amazing trip report, so it's worth reading that. Well, what are you seeing now for, we could say this right now, what the heck, 2020. Peter mentioned that he likes, he wants, you want to see something on Norman's mm-hmm. 13. There's probably going to be more Rainier Infinity Loops. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, that's totally caught on. There's a, like you said, there's a Mount Adams Infinity Loop. I think. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember something like that. How about you, Andrew? What's uh, what's moving you now? No more I, through hikes. I, no. I would I would actually love to see more FKT temps on the high routes. Mm. It's it, it. I say that like with a little bit of hesitation because on one hand, like when I when I was reading through the the Wind River FKT, I was like, man, it's a shame that you spent half your time in the dark because it's such an amazing route. Like, it's why stunning. would you like? Yeah. Why would you like? Being like just 
see what you could by headlamp. It's sort of tragedy. On the well, other well, hand, really had the opportunity to win tons of money through this award, <laughs> right? Um, so I think that I, so I think you know individuals who who have done a high route before or have done like a particular high route, like maybe they go back and and give it a whirl. Remember when? Um, um, help me out, what the guy who did the Sierra high route a couple of years ago. Uh, Holy cow! He's in Lior. California. Lior, mm-hmm. Lior right. Pantalab. Right. So Lior and um, yeah, but he'd already done the, the Sierra High Route at least once, probably more than that, and he'd done many sections of it. I'm sure, tw- you know, two or three times. And then he went and did it. Um, it was as kind of an FKT, um, just kind of threw it down. Um, like I think that's that's like that's neat. Uh, I'd love that, to see a little bit more of that. Well, you and I did. You and I had basically the fastest time on the Sierra High Route. Eight days. Yeah, we just that wasn't. But we were doing it yeah, through hiker style. Yeah, yeah we were through hiker ourselves. style was yeah. we woke up when it got light. Right. We stopped before it got yeah. dark every night. We did it right. full through hiker style, and I thought, okay, now that I've seen this, it'd be fun to go right. back and do it for time. Yeah, but it'd be hard to have gone for time the first time right. because yeah. it's yeah. you miss it. You miss it, and there's just too much that you need to know about the route. It's very route specific. It's not just a trail that you're following. Right. Yeah. Okay, more high traverses. Mm. There's high traverses. They're mm. out there. Yep. Okay, Peter, what would, you, what would you like to see, Buzz? Well, I think I'd like to do the Wind River High Route myself. It's been... Uh, <laughs> I've been talking about it. There's a good guidebook for it. There's a guidebook for it. Uh, Andrewskirka.com, oh, I already said that. Um, I think the same sort... Well, I think I like the mix. I'm sorry, you asked me the question, and I'm delighted with the mix. You know, when someone just does the Prezi in four hours, that's... That's really fun, isn't it? And then someone does, a woman does the California 14ers. That's really fun. It's, it's all good to me. Someone just submitted a route. Peter, you saw this today. I'm not saying I think people should do this, but this gives listeners an example of what you and I see all the time. It, I mean, we get submissions twice, three times a day, even in the middle of winter. Yeah. And someone submitted... Disneyland to Disney World. <laughs> right. Okay. This is Orlando, Florida to Anaheim, California. That's their route submissions. Can you use a plane? <laughs> well, <laughs> plane would be against the rules. Oh. Right. And so people are creating like airport to airport. And uh, there, there's some urban FKTs there's out there now. Interesting urban ones. And it gets a little tricky because it can start to get a little arbitrary when you're running between, you know, sort of like landmarks. But, um, but yeah, Disneyland to Disney World is sort of like kind of makes sense. Right. And Peter doesn't turn a lot down, but we do turn some down. Yeah, if, if, the, if the person, if you can't explain to me why it makes sense, then I probably won't, wouldn't put it on the website. Right. So I'm not going to put something from, you know, Andrew's mailbox to Buzz's house or something like that. Right. Okay. Good. Well, again, January 10th, number 5, 4, and 3, and January 7th, number 2 and number 1. So stay tuned. And here's some comments from two of the people we mentioned. One is a, a comment from David, and the, from the Wind River High Route person. He said... FKTs never crossed my mind until this past August. It's since redefined my imagination, which has been exciting. I really appreciate the site with its relatively non-branded demeanor and corresponding community it frames, encouraging ample creativity. That's uh, 
poetic. That's how we look at it. I like hearing it because that's why we established the website <laughs> for exactly that reason. So, and then Nika, you know, Nika, Nika's on the nominations list. And early we, bird, early bird. See, this is okay. Here's a tip. Here's one more tip. If you're doing a new route, give it a cool name that will help in the voting. Secondly, if you have a nickname, it's conceivable that will help too. <laughs> that's and, a trail name, yeah. Right. If you have a trail name. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like legend, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Nika Early Bird Myers said, "There are many wonderful FKTs this year, and I am lucky to be a part of such an incredible community. I very much enjoy listening to the podcast. This is this is good, good to hear, isn't it? And following along in others' adventures, it is an awesome space you and your team have created. Thank you again, and I look forward to learning more about other FKTers who are on this list and off this list." in 2020 cool very cool that's about says it okay thank you gentlemen thank you now andrew's going to tell him tell us his trail name no i dropped it um i was paul revere on the appalachian trail um and then when i did the c to c route uh i just knew that if i walked into like small towns in north dakota and introduced myself to farmers as paul revere <laughs> that it just wasn't gonna go over very well so just went back to, back to andrew you had to go straight mm-hmm. yeah. okay that's fair enough look forward to next time gentlemen All right. thank you buzz